Hello, hello. You found us again on Boomerangs. This is Ruth. And this is Mike. And the sound quality is going to be a little rough this time because once again, I'm doing it on my iPhone rather than with the fancy schmancy microphones that we have connected to our computers where we usually do our Zoom meeting. And my parakeet is just making a, a total racket. So oh boy. There, there you have it. It's just us. Unfiltered. Unfiltered. No secrets. Mm-hmm. Today, we're going to talk about the impeachment for a bit. I don't think we'll spend a lot of time on it because it's over. <laughs> and, and the week that is to be will be the one that people are listening from. So who knows what could happen in a week? That's true. God, I'm going to talk about a documentary I saw called Framing Britney Spears. And you wanted to talk about... About a new Swedish crime series on HBO Max called The Investigation. And... Oh, that's the one. That's the one that I was telling you about. About oh. the man in the submarine. The submarine, yeah. But I mean, there's only two episodes posted so far. I mean, it's it's new. I have to wait each week for the episodes to come out, I think. Oh, well, I, I won't spoil it for you. You saw it already? No, but I know the story. It's based oh, okay. on a true story. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah, don't tell me. No, 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 no. I won't. It's, but it's uh, not Swedish, by the way. It's Danish. It's Danish. I'm sorry. Oh, it is. I'm on the I Swedish always... track. <laughs> I get the Swedish emails. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's how you know. I was wondering, I thought maybe you had a special in with the Swedes. No, it's just that it's that algorithm. It's how the computer companies know everything about us. And they know that I watch Swedish stuff. So they oh. will always move Swedish stuff to the front of my queue. Oh, got it. If we have time, I wanted to just touch on the Great British Baking Show. Oh. Which has moved from, I believe it was Channel 4 in England to Netflix. With Matt New- Lucas? With- or is that something else? That is with, it is with Matt Lucas, but as far as I know, he's only been in one, not episode, but one series. Okay. And there have been 10 series so far. Okay. 10, not 10 series. What am I trying to say? 10 seasons. 10 seasons. seasons. That's what I'm trying to say. So onward, upward. <laughs> Impeachment. Well, oh. I just wanted to say that I am inspired that there were seven Republicans who joined with the Democrats. Because once you look at 57 for impeachment, 43 against impeachment, it looks different than if it were 50-50. Definitely. And they say that it was the most bipartisan vote ever in an impeachment trial. And did you did you watch a lot of it? Yes. Well, I watched a lot of the Jamie Raskin side. I didn't watch too much when Trump's people were talking. I know other people who felt the same way, but all in all, very horrifying, very disturbing stuff. What is to become of them? I don't know. The Republicans or of whom? Well, the Republicans, because Mitch McConnell made this this great speech afterward. Oh, yeah. I don't mean a great speech. I mean. He wanted it to be a great right, speech. Right, right. Yeah, he's just beyond hope. There's no, there's no redemption for that guy. Yeah, it's true. And yet he seems to be in a fight to save his party. Now, if it's Mitch McConnell, mm-hmm. Mitt Romney, Burr is retiring, I think, isn't he? He's one of the people um, who voted for impeachment. Now they're talking about putting Laura Trump up in a primary in North Carolina. His term is up in 22, I guess. Oh, okay, okay. Well, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Yeah, it will be. Really, I had been thinking that Trump had everybody in his pocket all along, but I I don't know that he's going to be up for running again in 2024. He's going to be up against an incumbent who might be popular. You don't know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You have no way of knowing. But if he is 
if Biden is popular, he just might not be up for it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's much that will be revealed. We, we don't know if the Republican Party is going to implode or split in two or coalesce behind him yet again or, or what. I don't think it will implode because I think it will split like we talked about mm. last week. I don't think it will implode because Mitch McConnell won't allow it to implode. Mm. But I know that Trump had talked about creating the Patriot Party. Oh, right, right. But they wouldn't have any funding through the Republican Party, and that would give them a real disadvantage. Yeah. And they wouldn't also have just the infrastructure of the Republican campaign committee. Fox News will decide what becomes of the party pretty much, don't you think? By whom they embrace. Is Fox the one or is it? OAN. I don't know. Maybe Fox is the one. Maybe Fox is now going to be the one for the moderate Republicans. Oh, Maybe they'll be the... Well, we'll see what they do, but they haven't been moderate anytime ever. They're know. more moderate than Newsmax. I don't know. They've got Tucker Carlson with all kinds of That's crazy, true. wild conspiracies. And he's their number one show. He is vile. I just cannot stomach him. And I used to think that Sean Hannity was the worst. Tucker Carlson, he has oh, that yeah. smarmy kind of condescending. Well, so does Sean Hannity. I don't know what yeah. it is about Tucker Carlson. It's that kind of passive aggressive sort of boomarmish yeah. kind of uh-huh. delivery that really yeah. drives me insane. Yeah, he's like the church lady. Yeah. In any case, shall we go on and talk about our favorite things? Yeah. I had heard some about framing Britney Spears. I had mostly read a little piece in the New York Times. It is a New York Times documentary, which was surprising to me. It's really worth watching. I don't know what your relationship to Britney Spears is or her music or anything, if you if you ever listen to her at all. But she was the princess of pop music for a while. There right, the, right. Early on. My only run in with her is that one day I was driving home from Westwood from work and there was this terrible tie up on Sunset Boulevard near Veteran. And when I got to the source of the trouble, it was her in a limo and paparazzi were like three deep, huge number of paparazzi had encircled her car and she simply couldn't move and she was she was just there being you know there was nothing to be done except wait them out and let them take their pictures and then I guess cops came finally and somehow she was able to go on her way but even though she's a huge was at the time and I guess still is a huge megastar and probably doesn't need any pity from me I felt kind of bad that someone has to go through that just to drive across town well but for the millions I think I would put up with it if I got the money she got (laughs) well that's so interesting interesting that you say that because what this documentary is about is her having been under this conservatorship since 2008. I heard a bit about it on NPR. Yeah. And the run up to it was she was this huge pop star, still is. Mm -hmm. And yet the kinds of things that were asked of her and were said to her when she was in her late teens, maybe early 20s, were just revolting. She was mm. having an interview, an on-camera interview with someone who said about her breasts. About her breasts. And Diane Sawyer asked her if she was a virgin. Hmm. Maybe it wasn't Diane Sawyer. Maybe someone else asked if she was a virgin. But that was, you know, it was out there to be asked. Then the breakup with Justin Timberlake happened. And she was slut-shamed because Justin Timberlake maintained that she had cheated on him. Oh my gosh. And they had been together for four years. And he had this hit single that was sort of out of the gate his entryway into pop stardom from NSYNC. So the single Crimea River was the name of it. And he used a body double for Britney Spears. 
disappears in the video. And it was all about her cheating on him. And she gets married. She has a couple of kids. Things don't go well at that point in her life. Mm-hmm. During the separation, which was very acrimonious with her husband, Kevin Federline, mm-hmm. she did things that shocked people. Like that was when she shaved her hair off. She attacked one of the paparazzi because they would not leave her alone. She was just surrounded by them. They were like mosquitoes. Right. Literally, like mosquitoes to her. Mm -hmm. And that was when she was hospitalized and her children were taken away from her. She didn't even have visitation rights anymore. Before this episode, she had had visitation but didn't have custody. It goes on and on from there. She performs, but she is not in charge of her own person because the conservatorship, which is given to her father, with whom she did not really have a close relationship, he's the conservator for both her estate and her person, which is something that is usually given to someone who's elderly and there's fear that they may be separated from their money through fraud or they can't make decisions okay. for themselves. Yeah. But this has gone on since 2008. And wow. there was two podcasters, two women who were comedians, and they would dissect Britney Spears' Instagram postings on a daily basis. And they decided that she was really in trouble. And that she was sending coded messages that she was very unhappy with this situation. And they started protesting right outside of the Stanley Moss courthouse, where you've probably gone for jury duty and where I've gone for jury duty. And their numbers grew and it's become a thing. And this poor woman has been commodified within an inch of her life and has no personal freedom. She can't see anybody that her father doesn't want her to see. She can't go on a date with someone her father doesn't want her to date. Wow. Her entire life is prescribed by a man that she didn't have the best relationship with right. to begin with. Right. So now there is a real movement to free Britney. Wow. Yeah. And I think it was just Thursday or Friday, the court allowed her to have a financial entity a share conservatorship with Jamie Spears, her father, oh. and that he would have to put up with that. Okay. And that was a loss for him. And yet still there's her person, which is under his complete control it's a very very sad story yeah you there's always been these stories of the female megastars who've been screwed financially either by their husbands or by their financial people or what have you in her parents Yeah, Yeah. it's terrible. I looked her up on some website. It says that her worth is $60 million. Wow. Doesn't that seem a little... Yeah, but it seems a little low. Well... Yeah. She was a fixture in Las Vegas for at least two years. Really? So, yeah. She was a resident or whatever they call that. It's very worth watching just to get reminded of how young women were treated at that time and are still treated. I mean, Taylor Swift hasn't really escaped. She's not a sex kitten, but she's torn apart by the media. Oh, really? Yeah, definitely. But just to see the way that, as they said, no one ever asked Justin Timberlake if he was a virgin. Yeah, that's our culture. Very sad, but uh, very, very informative and really compelling. So you think it goes, it sounds like it goes beyond I who had zero interest in popular culture. I still might find it interesting just because of the way it goes into her legal battles and her her family situation. Absolutely. It's it's really the story of a young girl who was extremely gifted and was in control of her gifts for a long time and hit a speed bump, which then became this undoing, unraveling of both her public persona and her personal life. 
Mm. And and an unforgiving, and I was part of the unforgiving public. Uh, uh, oh, I can, yeah, I can. Uh, when we get to it, I can talk about another thing I saw online, a new Sondheim review. Oh well, I'm I'm done with Brittany. Cool. Well, I saw uh, this is good because it's music. I came across this little notice uh, on one of my news sites. So there's a there's a Sondheim review called Simply Sondheim, and it's from a theater company in Virginia called Signature Theater Company. It was expensive, but it, you know it was Sondheim, and I the, it got a great review, so I watched it. It cost thirty five bucks to watch this thing. I'm happy to say because of COVID, I don't spend money anymore. Spend, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, so I have uh, what's that word? Uh, disposable income. Disposable income. Thank you. So it's interesting. They were good singers. They were good. They delivered the songs admirably. <laughs> but this choice of songs and songs I had never heard before, like they put in songs that were from Follies, but that had been added to the London production of Follies, especially like to a revival. Wow. Those were excellent. There was, and there, yeah, one or two of them did stand out a bit, but it was nice to just have this great big bath in Sondheim songs. You know, it was like yeah. two, it was two hours yeah. long or longer. So I don't know if it's still available, but if you're a musical theater queen like me, it's really, um, <laughs> it's worth I think it's worth watching, even though it wasn't as spontaneous and exciting as the Sondheim birthday celebration that was done on Zoom back in the spring. That was more alive, but it, really but was. it was kind of like a library of all these great songs. And it was fun to just hear them all together. It was okay. There was no Bernadette Peters among them. No, there's something about some of those personalities, which is why I guess they become big stars. I even saw... Um, YouTube is sending me all of these chorus lines. I must have watched something to do with chorus line because now it's, it's like YouTube is all chorus line for me. And I, <laughs> I saw there was a 2006, I believe, maybe later, there was a revival of a chorus line with Charlotte D'Amboise the daughter of Jacques D'Amboise, who was a huge ballet star in the 50s I think and I 60s. saw that with the girls. Okay. I, so she was blonde. Anyway, yes. they showed them and they showed the whole thing. And even there, and that was Broadway, but a revival. I don't know. There's this sometimes, I don't know. There's something powerful about certain performers and other performers. Yeah. Just, they deliver the goods. They're, they're competent, but there's not that kind of extra thing that makes you just want to keep watching them. I think that that revival came out here and I mm -hmm. saw it with Ian and the girls and it was such a disappointment. Yeah, yeah. I had talked it up and it was just this seminal thing and I had loved it so much. When well, we it saw was, it. but I think there was a certain rawness to the original production of that and, and the tour that yes. came out here. Yes. It was scrappy. Yes. And there was um, what I noticed in comparing the two, because I got to see them side by side practically because they're available on YouTube. The original production, the act, they were very realistic. There was no overacting. There was no pushing the emotions. Huh. The things they did were understated and there was a realness to it. In this revival, yeah. it was more, they were doing more what I would probably do, <laughs> frankly, which is indicate a little more and put a little bit of pizzazz into it in a way that actually weakens it because it's yeah. too much. It was, it did not feel authentic the way yes, that they were that's the word. That's oh. exactly the word. Yeah. Did you want to talk about your series? Oh, yeah. There's a series on HBO Max, and it's a new series, at least new here in the U.S., I think. And it is called The Investigation. And it's right up my alley because it's a Danish Scandinavian crime drama. But what's different about it is in all the ones that I've watched, I've watched so many and I love that genre. There's usually a horrifying crime right out of the gate and you see the aftermath of that crime. And then the whole story is about how did that happen? 
And then all right. of a sudden there's all this entanglement and usually there's a political angle, especially if it's Danish. And it's always fascinating how it unfolds. But this one, I've watched two episodes so far. I have to wait, I think, till Wednesday when they put up the third one. It's about a crime that's happened. A woman has disappeared and is presumed dead, but they don't know much about it. And they know that she was in this submarine. This private citizen had his own submarine in the harbor in Copenhagen. And they know that she went for a ride in it. She was a journalist and she was going to do a story about it and went on the ride. And then they don't hear from her. And it's the next day. And they ask her boyfriend what happened, if he knows what happened to her. And he's the one who says, oh, she went on this submarine ride, but I got a text from her at 8.15 and that's the last I heard from her. So they find the guy who owns the submarine and they bring him in for questioning, but they have no body. The submarine's down at the bottom of the harbor. They they can send divers down, but the opening is too small for them to safely go inside to see if her body is there. But wait a minute, how did he get out then? He said, he claims, they came up to the surface and he stepped out of the submarine to tie a line or something, you know, to pull it into the dock. And he said that the hatch fell on her head and knocked her out. Oh, and they press him and his story keeps changing. So you pretty much get the idea that he knows something. Yeah. Then he says, oh, she fell. Uh, it hit her and there was blood and I was worried. And so he eventually says he got worried that he'd be accused of killing her and he didn't know what to do. And he panicked. She died. So he threw her body overboard. <gasps> then they dredge the harbor and they can't find her body anywhere. And in, huh. in Denmark, you can only hold a suspect for four days. And it opens with another trial that's just ending where this guy who's clearly guilty gets off. This guy has killed somebody. He's killed this woman's boyfriend. And it's clear even in a couple of minutes that he's guilty because they state the evidence, just like the impeachment where you know he's guilty, but he gets off anyway. And the prosecutor is so frustrated. And so they frame it around this idea that you can have a guy who's guilty, but depending on how the trial goes and what the jury thinks, you can have them acquitted. And so that's the backstory that sets this up is they've got this guy, they're interviewing him. They haven't even shown him yet. They just talk about the interviews. Really? Um, They haven't even shown him. That's what's different about this is that it moves really, really slowly. And I don't know why it's interesting because it's already the end of episode two. We did get a little cliffhanger and a clue of something, some evidence at the end of episode two. But compared to the other shows, things happen very slowly in this one. It's very pensive. And you watch the main guy, Jens, I think is his name, sort of struggle through it. And of course, the cop has a horrible personal life because they're so obsessed with solving crimes that they give their family very short shrift. So there's that going on. Anyway, it's fun. I love the style. I love the way those Scandinavian actors act. Yeah, I am slightly familiar with the case. I remember reading about it as it was unfolding, and it was kind of unbelievable. That it was he in made the news? Excuses. Yeah. This was this strange thing about this journalist who had just disappeared from the submarine. Right. And what the hell happened to her? Yeah. And it was distinguished. It wasn't like he was some guy right. off the street. I mean, he right. had a really right. distinguished career of yeah. some sort. I'm so happy to know it's a... Well, I'm not happy that the poor woman disappeared. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I am happy to know that it's a true story that makes it a little more compelling even. Is it on HBO Max? Yes. It is. Then I'll probably watch it because I was so interested in the crime when it was unfolding. I'm going to talk about the Great British Baking Show. Oh, okay. Which used to be called the Great British Bake Off when it was on England's Channel 4. Okay. 
And there's not a lot to say about it. It's just one of those things where the big challenge is whether someone can make a perfect macaroon. <laughs> and and you become invested in that. You become invested in it, but at the end of the day, the stakes are low. <laughs> it's not survivor. People are not going to get bitten by snakes. Right. The worst that happens is that it's 110 degrees mm. and no one's meringue will rise. That's really the, <laughs> the big stakes that's going on there. But it's this wonderful thing where they start with, I think, 13, like a baker's dozen contestants. Oh, okay. And... Each week, someone is eliminated, and they're not professional bakers. So they come in, and it'll be bread week. And God knows somebody just hates making bread because you have to knead it so much. It's really a lot of physical labor, and someone hates making bread. But they go over a weekend, and these are working people. So they come in on Saturday. They have two challenges on a Saturday. And then Sunday is their big challenge, their showstopper, and elimination day. This goes on for maybe 10 weeks because at the end, there are three people left. And the last episode of the series is the elimination of two people and the, the crowning of the winner of the okay. entire enterprise. Okay. So it's, it's wonderful. And there are hosts who are great. And it's just very light. Something to just go in and it's like having mental floss. It's a confection. It is a confection. That's absolutely what it is. The main judge, he's a British man. His name is really... Paul Hollywood. Oh, okay. And he's been with the show from the beginning. Prue, P-R-U, Leith is wonderful. Just They're just delightful people and everybody works hard. But at the end of the day, it's really about getting a plaque. Got it. And just something to wash over you. Oh, that's cool. So they don't get in to do that convention in competition reality shows where people are like distraught and upset. Backstabbing and each other. Yeah. No, no. They're like all their lives are coming to an end. It sounds like they keep it on no, the light no, no. side. They actually, they will, if someone is really struggling and someone else has already finished, they'll go over and help or they'll, oh, yeah. they'll encourage each other. Right, and right. it's just so, it's so British. It's just uh -huh, so uh -huh. damn British. Yeah. Keep and calm lovely. and bake on. That's exactly That's what it is. It's just lighthearted and, and really terrific. Uh, Did I interrupt your thought? It looks like no, no, no. That was great. I, no, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued now. I want to give it a, a watch. I think it would behoove me to watch some things that are kind of light and encouraging. You know? Yes, definitely. It will give you a warm, fuzzy feeling. Yeah, it offset all of these cloudy, dark murder mysteries I've been watching. That's the story, and that's, um, it. that's it. And we will be back again next week. So. Yes. Look for us and we will be there. Okay. Thanks, boomers. Bye, boomers. Stay safe. Bye bye. bye.